This is your host, Terry Noland, and this is your community. Come on in, grab a seat, and strap in. Here we are beginning a two-part series on questioning. Literacy leaders question, and not in a very negative, derogatory, why did you make that decision tone. We're talking about questioning when it comes to inquiry, discovery, truly unleashing and unlocking someone on the other side of you. John Maxwell says that good questions inform, great questions transform. Good questions inform, great questions transform. Isn't that what we want? Transformational practices among educators, among administrators, when it comes to being literacy leaders. Now, I got to get out of the way right here at the top of this episode. There is a complete myth. I like to dispel myths. I like to dispel myths. And one of them is the fact that you can only be a leader if you've got some type of a title after your name. That's not true. Anyone can be a leader. Here's another myth is that leaders, literacy leaders are supposed to have all the answers. Right. We look at our leaders in such awe and wonder and prestige. And here you are leading in this big way. The superintendent of our district, the principal, the administrator of our school. You've got all the answers. That's a myth, friends. That is an absolute myth. Good leaders don't have all the answers. Good leaders just know how to ask great questions right? They just know how to ask questions. They know how to unlock, unleash, pull out from someone some good thoughts, developing relationships. So many things can happen when you know how to question. Now, I also want to get out of the way. We are not talking about questioning in a very parenty, why did you do this type of way? right? Not that very derogatory, demeaning questioning. Why? Tell me what made you make this decision. I am talking about questioning that says, let's discover together. Let's go hand in hand on a journey of seeing what are the possibilities. You know what questioning does? It also says that I want to hear from you. I want to be present and listen to you. Now, but here's another thing we got to be weary of, leery of, and that is, is that if I ask a question, I've got to be a good listener. I have to be present. And I've said it before, I'll say it many more times, you don't get to decide if you're present, the other person on the other side of you gets to decide that. You don't get to decide if you're sitting there with your phone, you're distracted, you're checking your email, you're being disturbed by someone else around you, you don't, you're not present. You're not hearing what the other person is saying. You may be listening to the vocal speech, the words, 
but you're not listening and hearing their heart. You're not hearing their story. You're not hearing their problem. You are not hearing them. You have to be present. If you're going to ask the question, you got to be ready for the answer. So literacy leaders need to be good at questions. Think about this in your classroom. Think about this with your staff. No matter your role, your title, whoever you are in a space, in a school community, in a school culture, you need to know how to ask questions. Now, here's something else. When you actually listen and are present on the other side of the person and you are listening to hear the story, to hear the idea, to hear the thought, to hear and the discovery that's happening, that is the highest compliment you can ever give someone. The highest compliment. I mean, think about a time when you felt heard. When you felt like someone was listening to you, hearing you, being impacted by you, their body language probably expressed that, their eyes connected with your eyes, that is the highest compliment you can give somebody. That, in my mind, is so critical. When a child tells their story in the classroom, the highest compliment you can give them to hear what they say. Now, listen, I mean, I taught little ones and uh, oh boy, they've got stories, right? So you got to know when to redirect and cut off the stories because that could take up your whole teaching time. Or you've got that staff member that will always manipulate and dominate a conversation. A literacy leader knows how to draw out from each person in the room and facilitate the learning and discovering in a very, very cohesive way. And then when you walk away, when everyone walks away from that encounter, you feel connected. You feel a deeper sense of relationship that has been happening. All right, let's look at several different concepts of questioning. And that is, first of all, just like I said, there is a myth out there about leaders. Leaders don't have all the answers that they just need to know how to ask good questions. Well, one of the first concepts I really want you to understand is for teachers teachers. For some reason, we have perpetuated this myth in education that says that you need to come to the classroom with all the teaching, with all the knowledge, and I am just going to open up their brains and fill them, fill them, fill them with everything that I know. Yeah, you know what? You do need to know a lot in order to educate our students. But what if you flip your mindset? Administrators, what if you flip your mindset and not just tell your staff, tell, 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 why don't you ask, 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 ask questions, okay? All right, so that was the, the first thing I wanted us to understand and truly hear. The second thing, questioning unlocks learning. It's been said that a human being only accesses about 14% of their potential. 
That is a travesty in my opinion. That is a shame that we are not unlocking so much more inside of us. We got to get into that metacognitive state. We got to get in deep into the recesses of our mind and unlock who we are. Let me give you an example of how I used questioning with a student. So I tutor students, and this was a first grader, and we had been working on our, our uh, vowel diagraphs, and I had put this sentence in front of her, and uh, she read the sentence, and it took her over a minute. It was about a 10-word sentence, over a minute, because she really struggled. She, she used uh, the, or she said the B's, the the D instead of the B, the D, D, D instead of B, B, B. So she used that in one of the words and she uh, used the wrong vowel sound in one of the closed syllables. You know, so it took her a long time to read these 10 words. When she was done, here's what I said. Instead of pointing out, well, you did this, you did that, Here's what you messed up on. Here's what went wrong. Here's what I said to her. Brayden, tell me how that went. Tell me how you did. And she looked at me, those big eyes. She gave a thumbs down. And I said, okay, tell me. Tell me where you messed up. Tell me where you think you can do better. And you know what I did? I made her reflect. Those eyes, boy, they looked up to the ceiling. A good sign that a student is trying to dig down into the recesses of their brain. And here's what she told me. She said, I messed up. I said it was a D instead of a B. I said, yeah, yeah. Tell me what else. Here, I, I used the wrong vowel sound. Here, I did this. Here, I did that. I said, good job, Brayden. All right, let's try it again. She read that 10-word sentence with full fluency, with prosody, with understanding and meaning. She knew what she read. And it was all because I didn't tell her anything. I said, tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more is a great question because it allows the person to dig in, right? I'm unlocking the potential inside of her, letting her be self-reflected, letting her be the one to say, here's what I could have done better. And you know what? Then when she is not with me and reading a sentence, I'm training her on how to do this on her own. You're the, our struggling readers are not going to have a teacher with them every time to say this was wrong and that was wrong and you needed to correct that. And here we go. Mm -mm. Huh. Equip, equip. That's what we need to be doing. Something else. <clears throat> here we go. Let's move on to the next one. When you question, it provides substance and connection. It provides a sense of relationship. If I am just there to tell you my stories, tell you my experiences, tell you my rules, tell you my procedures, tell, 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 I am not connecting with you. If I question in the right way, 
How, how does that work in your mind? Why did you think that? And we have to be so cognizant of it because I think so often we get into the mode of here's the teaching. Here's the question. You echo a response to me about what I just taught you. Tell me why you think volcanoes can erupt. Why do you think that's happening? Boy, it lets that child dig into the recesses of their mind. Um, administrators, you do an evaluation of one of your staff members. Let's sit down. Let's, oh, let's talk about this. Tell me, how do you think it went? Explain to me why in this instance, you did this activity and this strategy. And over here, you did something else. Oh, oh, now I'm in your head. I'm in your thinking. Ah, I get it. Right? Okay. We got to connect. And here's something else. Uh, we got to unlock this. We got to create these connections with others, with students, colleagues, staff, whoever it is. And think about right now, in what year were you five years old? In what year were you five years old? For me, I was five years old in 1978. That's when I was five. When were you five? What year was that? Think about your five-year-old self. Think about those five-year-old beings that are around us that we know. What do they do? They ask why. Why is this? Why, what is that? Tell me what that is. Why, why, why? And it's at that point that research has shown you are at your most curious moment. Why, why, why? Tell me how. You're at your most curious moment. And then it declines after that. We want to create connection, human relationship, unlock learning. All right, let's move on to the next one. Okay. I read this article. It was actually a Harvard Business Review article, and it talked about something that happens at Pixar. And what happens at Pixar is they have coined this term called plussing. P-L-U-S-S-I-N-G, plussing. I love this concept. So at Pixar, of course, we know Pixar and they make a lot of the animated movies. And there would be an artist, a graphic designer, whoever it was, creating the face of Woody, creating that face. So they would draw the eyes and they would draw the mouth and the nose and draw all the features. And so in their plussing culture, here's what they did. They would have somebody come and gather around and say, yeah, yeah, that's good. But what if you just tweak those eyes up a little bit more? How does it change the expression? So you're plussing, you're adding value to, and this is a concept with questioning. When you question and you start to draw out from the other person, you make things better. Me, if I just tell you all of my stories, tell you all of my rules and my philosophies around literacy and reading, 
I mean, it might be okay, but if we plus each other up with questioning, man, this is where the great comes into play. Remember, good questions inform great questions, transform. It pluses up, it up levels, it increases the value. We got to ask good questions. Okay, so here's what a couple of other things in questioning is don't interrupt. Don't interrupt someone. I know the natural instinct is to do this, is to say, well, tell me more about why you use this particular strategy in your classroom at this particular moment. And then the teacher starts to tell what they did. Answer. You know what? Don't interrupt. Let them speak. Let the silence be there if you need to. We seem to be so scared of silence. We seem to be scared of silence and think that I just need to jump in. And in conversation, I need to, oh, yeah, I remember when I was in the classroom, I did it this way. Let me tell you my experience. Let me tell you what I would have done. Let me tell, tell, tell. Instead of not interrupting, let the person come full circle, get really rounded out in their thoughts, speak and speak and speak. Don't interrupt. And then also let silence come into play. Savor the silence. You know what I'm talking about. I present a lot. I present a lot either, you know, in person, hopefully going back in person or whether it be virtual. And uh, I get antsy. I get jumpy. I'm like, silence. Ah, what do I do with the silence? But I'll ask a question and say, all right, friends, can you put in the chat box? Tell me about your favorite book, the name of that book. And then it's like an eternity before anything shows up in that chat box. It's like an eternity before somebody raises their hand and answers. And and I got to get over that. You know why? Is because if somebody were to ask me that question, I got to have some thinking space. I got to run through the books. I got to imagine the bookshelf in my office and run my fingers over those book spines, picking which one is my favorite. That takes time. That takes time. And 30 seconds can seem like an eternity. Savor the silence. Don't interrupt, savor the silence. You know what? As we think about being literacy leaders, and you know, I'm always talking about the the science of reading and this body of knowledge that we have around good practices based on the research. Always question. As a literacy leader, huh, this curriculum, I'm gonna question. I'm not gonna go after it and say, why are we doing this? Why are we doing, let's question and say, tell me why this curriculum was selected. What problem is it solving? How are we going to use it? How are we going to roll it out? Tell me, tell me how, right? We've really got to stop questioning in such a way that is a very 
direct and kind of rough thing to do. I love this quote here. He who asks a question remains a fool for five minutes. He who does not ask remains a fool forever. It's a Chinese proverb. So accurate. So accurate. Ask those questions. Listen in the response. Hear the person, connect to the person, unlock that brain inside of them and allow them to be curious and discover because things will be good. Now, listen, next week, we're going to be continuing on in this this series here, and uh, we're going to be talking about questions I should ask myself as a literacy leader. I'm looking forward to that when I'm telling you questions that I should be asking myself. Literacy leaders, we all believe I should be out there always asking you. Mm, I need to flip that and ask myself some questions as well. I will see you next week. Be a question uh, person this week. Go out there and ask those questions. All right, my friends, until next time. Thank you for going on the journey today. Thank you for being present. Thank you for continuing to grow and learn. If we are going to make an impact on education, create significance in the lives of our students, we need you. If you want to learn more about Learning Ally, visit us at learningally.org and be a part of a transformational community.